You hear the cowbells? That means your favorite podcast is back. Heat Check Podcast with your hosts, Brandon and Greg. It's so good to be able to introduce you. I feel like you're back and you're better. Please tell me, how are you on this wonderful Sunday evening? I'm chilling. It's Selection Sunday. It is Selection Sunday. And we will get to that momentarily. Um, Let's start with heartbreak. Because... (laughs) <laughs> your heartbreak <laughs> don't do that we were heartbroken <laughs> um, i mean i don't know about we you know i was there i'm there for you but i heard last you, week but, you know. um it comes out Jalen rose on his podcast reports that the story is going to come out soon which is funny when you're breaking a story Right, like letting people know that this is going to break while you're breaking it is yeah, like it's part of breaking the news yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. um he let it be known that the Warriors told LaMelo Ball that they were going to draft him next. So this is after Anthony Edwards gets picked first. Um, during the draft. During the draft. There's a video of Melo, I believe, on his live where he's holding up the peace sign or two fingers, kind of hinting that he might go number two. And the Warriors picked James Wiseman. Now, hindsight is twenty twenty. Lamelo is probably, if he didn't play another game this season, already locked up Rookie of the Year. I believe he's exceeded a lot of people's expectations. Michael Jordan came out this week, talked about how he's he's playing better than they could have hoped for. But you know, the way he plays the game of basketball at nineteen as a rookie, it just seems like he has such a great understanding of the game and, the, and and how the flow of the game goes it's he's been pretty incredible so personally i was i've been i've been big on the ball brothers um so as a warriors fan i understand the james wiseman pick i kind of figured that was what was going to happen if they stayed at two and didn't trade down but it hurt to hear it hurt to hear especially after the first half of the season he put it like that i was i was i was hurt so my question to you is this if the Warriors called and told him they were taking at two, who picked James Wiseman? I mean, that's a good that's the this is this is the part of the equation I don't understand. Because so do you think a player for the Warriors? I heard because the thing is, like, I feel like like obviously like neither of us know how decisions in those rooms work, but I feel like everything's going so quickly in there. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't really know that they're clearing it with anybody. So, so this is what's kind of, when you think of the, when I think of the NFL draft, what's kind of cool is the coach calls the player and like, Hey, we're going to take you. Right. So I assume it to be similar. So I have to believe either Steve Kerr or Bob Myers made the call to let LaMelo know that he was going to be picked next. Yeah, I mean, I feel like any time that happens where, like, a team calls a player to let them know that they're going to be taken is actually, like, while they're submitting the pick. Yes. So, like, I feel like it'd be interesting to see how credible that report is because, as far as we know, it could be just, like, they told him at workouts that they're looking at taking him at two. You know, they yeah. it, who, who knows if it's yet to be verified, like, we don't well, really know. 
So Jalen Rose said that he was on the next call, which I don't know what that means. So I, I would like to see more of this story comes out. But I have, I mean, now that you just said that, I have two theories. One is that it was between those two and the person who submitted the pick submitted the wrong player. No, uh, I highly doubt that's the I case. highly doubt it as well, but. I don't maybe, think in today's maybe. day and age that that mistake ever happens. Like, there's no way. The more likely solution or answer to this is that Bob Myers calls LaMelo Ball to tell him that they're taking him. And between that call and Adam Silver going to the podium or whenever they officially submitted that pick, Joe Lacob said no. And so I mean, if that's take, what you're feeling, that's what you're feeling. I mean, I have no idea how it works. Because I don't, I don't, I cannot, I cannot imagine. I think it's just a lot of smoke and mirrors. Like I cannot imagine that a representative for the Warriors actually called LaMelo Ball, told him they were going to take him, and then they didn't end up taking him. That's what I, I'm saying, I, but like, I, I don't think I, it's representative. I have, have, I have to believe it's it's Bob Myers makes that call. I, can, I cannot believe they come to an agreement that's differing, and one calls another player, and one goes, like, that just does not happen in a professional organization. There's no way. So there's got to be something up with a, score, a story that somebody got switched up because th- there's just no chance that happens. It, it This is one of the... the more interesting stories because I've never heard of this happening either. Like I don't remember ever hearing something like that. I think I have the clip here from Jalen, so you can hear what Jalen said. I don't. I know when I sent the video, you thought I was mad at you, but <laughs> but I was just about to cry. But uh, so here it is. Let's see. No, it doesn't want to play. Oh, Golden State Warriors told the Miller. And by the way, the night of the draft, the Golden State Warriors told LaMelo Ball they were going to take him next, and they didn't do it. Really? That story going to come out soon. Huh. Yeah, they told him they was taking So there's, there's more to There's a longer clip of that. I, 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 the podcast actually went and listened to it, and he says he explains that he, it's, he was explaining it to make it seem like he was on the call that happened. Which doesn't make sense as to why Jalen Rose is on the call. But, and then he says there was a next call and he texted some people saying that the Warriors are going to take LaMelo and they didn't. So, I I would love to see more here. Again, I think the only thing I can think of is that it from the top down they said no. And they, they didn't want it. Uh, I, I think this is an error on Jalen Rose's end. I cannot think this is an error on the Warriors organization end. You're right. You know, besides yeah. the actual decision. We have, I, we have I can I cannot believe that. Yeah, they, they got the that wrong, they, they ended up with the wrong happen. pick, but they didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> that simply just did not happen. There's no way. I, for my sake and my sanity, I hope it didn't happen. I hope Jalen Rose is wrong. Because this is gonna be a moment in the Warriors history where they're like, Yeah, like Melo is gonna be a first round Hall of Famer, first ballot, and James Wiseman, who could still be good. Like I'm not I'm not knocking James Wiseman at all. He just needs more development because he's, you know, seven three and and one hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> so like he just he's got to bulk up and and he could be great, but Lamelo looks like he's ready to go, and could be an all star in the East next year. Yeah, I mean it's definitely looking like at this point, right? It's definitely like yeah. 
Lamelo over James Wiseman, but again, they're super young, so I wouldn't quite count it out yet. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> both of them are probably going to be over Anthony Edwards, though. For sure, <laughs> he'll have the best highlight dunks. But I think absolutely. I think if you go from three to one, it'll probably be the order in which <laughs> of greatness for them. Which you know, that that kind of sounds on brand for the Timberwolves. Absolutely. <laughs> I just need them to stay steady so we can get that fourth pick and that goes to Golden State. Um, but moving on, I guess, to more... I guess this ends up being good news. Joel Embiid goes down with a, a funky leg bend, go, immediately grabs the knee. He does walk off on his own with a very noticeable limp, but you can't help but think, oh, he just tore his ACL. And they're saying it's a bone bruise. He's going to miss two to three weeks. Um, is it is his MVP case <laughs> increased if they have a rough two weeks? <laughs> I don't know. See, it's an interesting part of the season to lose two weeks, especially from an MVP candidate who wasn't necessarily like the front runner, mm-hmm. right? Like, I feel like if it's like, let's say it's the year that Steph makes 400 threes, right? And he's out for two weeks. I still think he's winning MVP, mm-hmm. right? But, like, in Joel Embiid's case, maybe, you know, especially with the net surging. I think that people have him as the MVP, though. I think he just overtook LeBron last week in Vegas. Mm-hmm. But just because he just overtook him doesn't mean that he's, like, a clear favorite, right? Like, True. So I, I think with Durant missing so much time and I can't see Kyrie being put in that conversation. So then no. it's like, does James Harden get in that conversation? No, there's no, no. So even with the net surging, like, I don't know if they have anybody. Durant's I just missed. mean surging in terms of like, if they oh, over, okay, where they finish, overtake I got you, got you. Philly for one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cause I was gonna say, yeah, I guess I just don't, I don't know if there's, if anyone on that team is going to have enough games played outside of Harden and I think his the way he left Houston probably takes Yeah, absolutely. It's going to essentially disqualify him. Yeah. For sure. So it, it's it's really a shame because you know, he's playing at an unbelievable level. He's playing like he just doesn't really care who's guarding him. He's just like, yeah, there's nothing you can do. So I'm going to just go by you now and Every now and then, I'm going to hit you with a little tween-tween step back three just to let you know that I can do everything, and, you know, you're just hopeless out there. You can only hope to contain him. It's frightening. Yeah. Um, It's interesting, though. Like, if you – just, like, on the MVP topic, like, if you really look at the leaders in the MVP right now, like, it's just – it's kind of the same situation this year as it was last year where we were talking where, like – this dude doesn't have the stats per se to like be in the MVP conversation, but in terms of the actual most valuable player, there's no reason that Chris Paul isn't in the top five. Yes. Like last year, same thing, right? Stats weren't great, but he had the thunder and the like difference is I th- thunder team. I think he last comes to, he comes to the Suns and now they're in second in the West. Like, so the difference his, would be his this impact is crazy important. Right? Here, here's, here's the difference for me. OKC was supposed to miss the playoffs. They weren't even supposed to keep Chris Paul. Like that is a more impressive season to me. 
I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to. The Suns have missed the playoffs the entire decade. That's what I'm saying. But, but the difference is the Suns got hot at the end. They go 8-0 in the bubble. Okay. Devin Booker maybe turns the corner. He starts to look like the guy that we think he can be. So I think the difference is that you catch that Suns team that has been young and kind of now Devin Booker's in what, year five, six? Something like that. You know, but he's only 22. You know, like these these young guys that get in and now, now he's had some years. So I wonder how good they would be without him. I don't know if the jump that he get, has given them this year is as impressive. Oh, I wholeheartedly disagree. I, the fact that the Phoenix Suns are relevant in playoff talk and at the top of the West. I, again, I think it, I, I'm not mad at him being in that conversation. He would have to be at five. Uh, oh, again, like I, like I said, like I, I, it's not like on a statistical level, right? Like it's, he, he does not. He doesn't have the MVP not in that stats. conversation. But in terms of impact, in terms of valuable player. Like a valuable player, he's got to be one. Yes, of them. no, no, no doubt. It's a, it's a, it's a Steve Nash esque MVP type season for him. Yeah, it's his impact has been pretty crazy the last two years. If see, I, I like, I like that we t- talked about this because I think that if the MVP discussion was looked at in the way that we're talking about it, that Dame Lillard would be one because yeah, nobody's yeah. doing more with less. McCollum's been out. McCollum's been Nurkic out. Nurkic has been out again. Nurkic is out. Um, Zach Collins has been out, but you know he's always out, so he's never really in. But he's just always—he's never been in. But you got your second, third best player, second, fourth best player, depending on you know what the night is, and he is leading a team now where it's like, okay, who's the second best player on the on Portland that's played over the last you know three months? Gary Trent. Carmelo. Yeah. Like, is that, that's two, three for you now? That's impressive for them to be, what, fourth in the list? So, again, and I think he's got the numbers to back it up. So, that leads me to who, who, whose position improves the most with, you know, a month without Joel Embiid? Because, if, 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 Dame can get – I think if Dame can get Portland above – I think if, if Dame can get Portland to two, I think then, then yeah, I think it's undeniable. But I also think something that's actually working in LeBron's favor this year as opposed to years past, um, which, again, it's not necessarily how it should be, right? Like, But it's mm-hmm. just kind of how it is. Like I've seen a lot and heard a lot about, oh, how LeBron hasn't won an MVP in eight years. Like, and there's no way that he hasn't been the best player in the league over the last eight years, right? So it's almost like he hasn't won an MVP in a while. It's time for him to win an MVP again. So, and like, I haven't heard that buzz, you know, in years past up until now. Um, So I kind of feel like people are starting to say, okay, yeah, maybe it is LeBron this year. The Lakers haven't played great without Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis coming back. So hopefully – for his sake, the Lakers start winning again. As long as they stay in the win column, then I, I don't really see how LeBron loses it again unless either Joel Embiid comes back and they go on an absolute tear to end the season or if Damian Lillard has Portland in two or one. 
But at this point, I think it's pretty much LeBron's. Yeah, I would. I, I think it's. I think it's Dame or Jokic. The reason I don't pick LeBron is because we understand what and who LeBron is. Well, so right, hundred like, percent. So I don't. I don't think like. I think it, it opens the door for those two rather than like LeBron is going to be great the right remainder of the season. And to your point, we have LeBron complacency. We have LeBron fatigue. Um, so, I mean, I'm not mad. He could have the last eight MVPs. Well, seven out of eight, he got hurt one year, but you know, yeah. I think, I think, I think it really helps Jokic and, and Dame in this category, especially if they can, you know, put together a nice little win streak and CJ comes back and Nerd comes back and kind of helps Dame out. They're, I mean, they're only five yeah, see, and I a half think, games out of first. They're three games out of second. Like, it's. I think the, uh, the thing that, that, that doesn't, that's not in Jokic's favor is the, his style of play. I think nowadays it feels like the style of play is so important to people, right? How they look on television is so important to people when determining the like quality of a player, I think Jokic is criminally underrated, but I, I agree with you. The difference I think he, is I think he has the respect among his peers, but like, I don't know, like there's just not a ton of buzz around Jokic cause he's a slow dude, right. Who's not I, super flashy. His passes are insane. He's got to, you know, he can score from any level, but it's like, he's just not, you know what I mean? It's just not the same as, yeah, he doesn't help himself either because it never looks like he cares. But right. the I, I think the thing for Jokic is he's got to be rewarded for being a, a traditional center. In, but in even look. in a traditional center, like, he's he's like, so much more than that. He's a traditional center in look, but has, like... In look and speed. In speed. And yet he can play in fourth quarter. It's like, they can't... You can't just pick and roll him to death, but now he's got a guard like Steph, and like, all right, well, we got to take Jokic out because he can't play. It's like, nah, he can still eat you up on the other end too. And you know, he's not a terrible defender. He's not guarding in the guards, but he's he'll, he'll hold his own. So, um, I guess I w- I would like I wouldn't mind Jokic. I would like to see that. Like that'd be good. I think it'd be good for the MVP because I think it would it would speak more to the importance that Jokic has for that team versus best player best team argument yeah for sure so which i guess Embiid kind of falls into that category a little bit is donovan mitchell should he be in no. this right now no i'm just asking no my bad why not <laughs> it's, it's just it, <laughs> you really think that there aren't you don't you don't pick the jazz when you play 2k do you have a do you have a pro Don Mitchell comment right now? I think the the argument would be that it's it's for a long time been best player, best team. Jazz are shockingly number one. And so he's largely responsible for that. He's the star of that team. If you remove They're an incredibly balanced team. They're incredibly balanced. No don't get me wrong. But if, Is, if they were Mitchell if they averaging twenty four? If they lost Donovan Mitchell, they'd be in trouble. Oh, I agree, but he's not the. I don't. He can't be the MVP of the league. No, I don't think he's MVP either. I'm just saying, should he points. be? If we're saying Chris Paul go, is going at five, no, bro. So I'm not saying Chris Paul should be should win MVP. I'm, I'm just, not saying that, but we just said Chris should Paul's he be in the argument? Is, imme- is immeasurable, 
And Donovan Mitchell, yeah, kind of, but like. Did you think the Jazz would be top four in the West? I'll tell you straight up. I thought the Jazz had a better chance of being top four than. I think it's it's much less surprising that the Jazz are a number one seed than than the Phoenix Suns being a number two seed. You're letting you're letting historical bias. No, that's not a hot take. I, I don't know. I mean, everybody seems to be like. I, I had several people last year that thought Phoenix was kind of gonna make a splash. Them yeah, being at two they right won now, the first, is, like eight games or something stupid. No, no. They went hot. Yeah, they were like six and zero, and then six and twelve. And then what happened? Yeah, they're <laughs> terrible. Um, but no, I think that I think you know the Suns are probably overperforming a little bit. It would be interesting to see if they finish at two, then we have an interesting conversation. But with the league being just so jam packed, like the difference between the Jazz and Memphis, who's currently the ten seed, is only nine and a half games. It gets a lot, but it's not a lot of games. You know, Memphis is like two game it's like three games out of the the fourth seed, you know. So um I think the Jazz being one is a little bit more surprising than the Suns getting hot and, and being at two. Personally, mm. you know, because I think that when you th- when you look at the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell issue that was happening this time last year, uh, when you think about how they got bounced out of the playoffs, like that could break teams. You know, like when you lose in that such a devastating fact, like factor like that, just, you know, sometimes you never recover from that and for them to bounce uh- back. I, listen, I I agree with you, but I'm just not gonna give Donovan Mitchell uh, not a top ten MVP candidate uh, an MVP award because he and Rudy Gobert got in a fight and it didn't trash the franchise. <laughs> okay, he can, he's not at ten though. We can't give him ten. Uh, I'll give him ten. I'll give him ten. <laughs> All right, let's move, let's move over to college. Uh, we got a new segment. It's gonna happen once a year. <laughs> 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 on approximately somewhere between March 11th and March 14th. <laughs> um, the bracket came out today. It's it's brand spanking new. No one's filled one out yet. It's just that fresh. Uh, this is Greg's bracketology. Let's start with the one seeds. Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan. Did they get it right? They did get it right. Yeah, they did. Um, Gonzaga and Baylor were no doubt the top two seeds. Um, they've been there all year. They were never going to leave. Um, and then Illinois beating, I think they probably would have still be, been a one seed had they lost to Ohio State today in the Big Ten Championship. Um, them and Michigan probably would have flipped as the three and the four seed um, respectively. But uh, yeah, no, they, they, yeah, there was no other teams that would have been in one seed. So they got it right. All right. Number two, we have, I should have looked at this, not in the bracket form. <laughs> Number two, we have Iowa, we have Ohio state, we have Houston and we have Alabama. Yeah. I mean, I think of the two seeds that we have this year, I think Ohio State probably has the best chance to me. Alabama's good, um, but I don't really see them as being a title contender per se. Ohio State's only issue is they don't really have a big guy inside that can match um, other uh, 
other big guys. Um, and a lot of the, uh, uh, the teams this year that are going to compete have somebody dominant inside. So I think that could be the bane of Ohio State's existence in the bracket this year. Um, Houston scores a lot, but they're really inefficient. I think it's going to come back to bite them. Um, Iowa, I think, has honestly underperformed second half of the year. They still have National Player of the Year in Luke Garza. Uh, Jordan, o- Jordan Bohannon has been really good. So I think um, of these teams, I think Ohio State's got the, the best chance. Um, them and Iowa, I think, are pretty neck and neck. I think the bracket's a little bit more favorable to Iowa. But, uh, again, we'll see. Iowa's interesting because they they started so hot. Luca Garza was dropping like thirty and twenty two for like the first two weeks, and then I feel like I just never heard from them again. They well, yeah, let's say the Big Ten play it was really tough because I mean the Big Ten was just so strong this year. Everyone was beating up on each other. They lose a couple games. They beat a couple. They win a couple games, and then they lose one or two that they're really not supposed to. It dropped them off quite a bit. They were as high as three at one point this year before they got just swept by Gonzaga. So. Um, yeah, uh, I think uh, overall, if you were to tell me at the beginning of the year, I would be a two seed. I wouldn't have been surprised, um, yeah. one way or the other. Um, so. which two seed do you think if, if everything goes chalk has the best chance against the one seed in their bracket? Because I watched the Gonzaga, Iowa Ohio game State. and I think that Iowa could have won that game. Ohio state. Because I don't think Gonzaga is really beatable. Um, Iowa really is is good inside to out, not the other way around. Um, and Gonzaga's got multiple big men inside who are also up for national player of the year who can defend um, and score whenever they want. I don't – Baylor hasn't been playing well since they came off their COVID break, um, which – could end up costing them. If they had been in the same rhythm, I wouldn't say, or the same rhythm now that they were before COVID hit, I wouldn't say that Ohio State had a chance against them. Um, but they have been a little bit sloppier. So I'd say Ohio State, Houston, I really don't give a chance to, um, and Alabama as well. The funny thing about Alabama is the their path to get there really isn't too, too bad unless they run into Texas, who's playing pretty hot. Um, and Michigan is definitely like a certified one seed, but the fact that they're missing Isaiah livers um, with stress fractures and they don't really know when he's going to be coming back as he's been a huge part of their team. So that's going to be really interesting to me um, to see if Michigan can play at the level that they're used to without Isaiah livers. I think they probably still can because they're incredibly well coached and they are pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I not something about Alabama just really doesn't excite me too much. So yeah. Yeah. If uh, LSU decided or ran a better play, they might have been able to win that game. Yeah. I mean, the thing about that is like it's conference play, it's conference tournament play. So, like, a lot of games are a lot closer than they probably should be. Um, that happens when you play multiple games in multiple days in a row, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's a rivalry. So, you got, you know, and LSU is a, is a quality team. So, it's it was a little surprising to see them take. Alabama as, as close as they did, but again, it's March. Anything can happen. So no, I, w- I was just talking about like I watched the the you know the highlight, and it's like all right for ten seconds, I'm gonna dribble, 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 dribble. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna take a three, and then you're just like, that's it's what you March. got after all that, and then they missed you know two tipping chances. But um, let's move to our three seeds. We got Kansas, Texas, 
West Virginia and Arkansas. So I actually like all these three seats quite a bit. I think that Kansas has the least chance to make a run of them. Um, West Virginia defensively, they're still press Virginia. Um, <laughs> so they still cause just chaos in March. Um, Texas is heating up. Granted, they, you know, Kansas had to withdraw from the tournament, so they did get a little bit of a pass, but um, Texas is a very good team with a very good coach. Um, they're dominant inside. They've got good perimeter defenders. So I think of the group, Texas, uh, to me, has the best chance, but Arkansas is also heating up at the right moment, um, and I think Arkansas can go on a pretty deep run. I think in terms of best chance to get to the Final Four, Texas has the best route. So I would pick Texas of the three seeds. Um yeah, I don't know. Something about Kansas just really doesn't. If Texas had beat Kansas and didn't get the pass, do they get the two? Probably. Tough break. Probably. I think the the I think Kansas winning over Texas or no Kansas uh, Kansas win over Baylor in the regular season did a lot more for Kansas than it did um, than it would have for Baylor if they had lost. Um, so I think Kansas is actually overinflated with the three seed, but had they played Texas and had, had Kansas played Texas in the big 12 championship or in the big 12 tournament and lost, I think they'd still be three. a three or a four. Um, but had Texas won, I think that would have put Texas to a two. So yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I think Kansas is ranked a little high um, for me personally. I'm with it. This is your segment. Rock out, King. <laughs> uh, four seeds. We got Virginia, Purdue, Oklahoma State, and Florida State. Florida State's got the best chance to go to the Final Four of this group. Um, Oklahoma State's playing really well, but they're really young. Uh, Katie Cunningham's a stud. He's going to go He's really number good. one in the draft next year for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the problem with youth in March typically is that it really shows when a lot – a lot of times during the season, it doesn't, except for in the very few circumstances where you have like the best recruits recruiting class in the country, right? The few, few times that Kentucky or Duke have made deep runs in the tournament with one and done classes. Other than that, like it's youth shows in March. So I'm a little bit worried about Oklahoma state. Um, but Florida state is one of those teams that like, they very well could make a sh- could make a run in a national championship. Um, I do think they're one of a handful that have a chance. Um, they were a little unlucky, you know, in the ACC tournament, but um, yeah, I, I think that I think Florida State of this group for sure um, is is the one to watch. All right, five seeds: Creighton, Villanova, Tennessee, Colorado. So I think that Winthrop's going to beat Villanova. <laughs> uh, the first five twelve that I'm calling because Villanova lost their point guard, um, who was oh, the second yeah. score. They have not played well at all since he's been a, a certified stud for them. Uh, and now they're playing a backup who I think logged nine minutes all year and now is playing starter minutes. So it's, it's pretty slow for Villanova right now. Creighton is also struggling, but that's because of, the coach's comments and the controversy that has surrounded that or surrounded that group over the last two weeks. 
reports are that they're fine, but I think that, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really sold on Creighton. Georgetown, I think, is the 12 seed. I would hit their hot right now, too. They somehow steamrolled through the Big East Conference. I have no idea how, uh, but Georgetown's playing really good right now. Well, Patrick so I think Ewing wasn't able to steamroll through the halls of Madison Square Garden. Legitimately. <laughs> uh, I think they got a good shot to beat Colorado. They're good, but I'm not that impressed with Colorado. And then Oregon State will get – or no, and then Tennessee. I think Tennessee's got a pretty good sh- – if, if Tennessee can get on a run, I think – I think they're sweet 16 bound and I think their matchup with Illinois gets really, really interesting. Gotcha. I think Creighton is the one with the coach that's told his players to they need to stay on the plantation. Yeah. It yeah was they're going to, they're going to lose to UCSB. <laughs> it was a weird <laughs> comment because that's not a saying one. That's, that's just, <laughs> I'm, that's definitely not a saying. Nope. Right. Not a thing. I, yeah, I just, I've never heard that. What made before. him go with that bar? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then some players thought they were it was directed at them personally. Others thought it was about the team sticking together. Either way, if I was like, if we were on the same team and I was telling like a group of our teammates that we need to stick together, I just don't think that plantation would ever once come up in my head to say. So I think there could have, there, there has to have been just – yeah, a better way to say yeah, you, you a million hear. better ways to say whatever he was trying to say. You want to know what's, what's been effective in the past? Yeah, we got to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we're not together. They, we, we could be beat, we, but together, no one can beat us. Yeah, that's, Crazy, uh, right? You, you feel motivated? I know. I know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so that's a, that was a spooky, spooky comment. Surprised he didn't blame it on his diabetes spiking. All right, six seeds. Um, USC, Texas Tech, San Diego State, BYU. BYU hung with the with Gonzaga the other day. All have a good chance. I think that USC and Texas Tech are honestly a little bit. I think they're both underrated. I think Texas Tech is a really good coach and Chris Beard. I think Matt McClung's playing really well. I think that Texas Tech can go on a run. In USC, the Pac-12 has been pretty underrated this year. There actually are some pretty good teams in the Pac-12. And USC is one of them. Evan Mobley's been a really good freshman for them this year. Um, the The problem for USC is Wichita State or Drake. Both teams are really good. Who they're play? Who they'll play one of them in the play-in, or whoever wins that playing game. Um, both of them are really good. So like, this is not an easy matchup. And BYU is the same thing. Like you've got a U a Mick Cronin coach UCLA team who's a fantastic coach, and then you have a Tom Izzo. Michigan state team. Who's a really good coach. Like those two teams are, that's not easy. And then also San Diego State's playing Syracuse who was starting to heat up and look pretty good against the Bayheims. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think that um, Texas tech's going to roll. And then the other ones have really, really tough, tough matchups, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Seven seeds. We got our, well, I guess not your alma mater yet, but I'll, I'll give it to you. Our alma mater, Oregon. Uh, we got Florida, we got Clemson, and we have Connecticut. Tell me how Oregon gets to the Final Four. They don't. They, <laughs> they don't. They beat VCU. They beat VCU. They lose to Iowa. Um, Luca Garza will be too much. Chris Chris Duarte has been really, really good this year, um, and they do have a few coming back from uh, from injury that that should they should get back to how they were playing a little bit earlier in the year about mid season. 
Um, but yeah, no, they, their Iowa will be too much for them. Um, Connecticut, Maryland's a pretty good matchup. That's pretty much a coin flip to me. Florida and Virginia Tech. I actually think I'd take Virginia Tech in that matchup, the 10 seed. Um, and then Clemson Rutgers, I think is a coin flip as well. So I, I think that of the seven seeds, Oregon's got the best chance, but it will be short-lived. Yeah, unfortunately, I agree. I've, I've seen Luca Garza play. <laughs> I've seen the Ducks play. And maybe if Bull Bull had come back, but... Um, all right, eight seeds. We got Oklahoma, LSU, Loyola, Chicago, another Cinderella run. We'll see. And uh, the Tar Heels. Yeah, Oklahoma, Missouri is a really good game. I think um, I'd take Missouri in that. I think I'd take Wisconsin over North Carolina. I don't see any of these eight seeds really making a huge run, uh, personally. LSU is good, but St. Bonaventure's had a really good year this year. So. I am probably going to end up taking St. Bon. Um, probably going to take Wisconsin purely for the fact that they are older than the Chicago Bulls and have a lot of experience, and that translates really well in March. Um, and Loyola Chicago, even if they do beat Georgia Tech, which I personally don't see happening, there's no way they get by Illinois. Got you. So, so the unfortunately. Ninth- Unfortunately for these eight and nine seeds, it's uh, it's going to be a short short trip to Indiana. Um. All right. Well, we kind of just talked to the nine seeds, so I'll, I'll mention them, and then I guess we can jump to ten. We got Missouri, Wisconsin, Georgia Tech, State Bonaventure. Um. So then we have our ten seeds: VCU, Virginia Tech, Rutgers, and Maryland. I think of this group, I think Rutgers has the best chance just because I don't like their two seed the most who they'd play next. So if, if Rutgers does get by Clemson, which I think is a good possibility, they play Houston next. I'm just not in on Houston. So I think Rutgers has the best chance to get to the Sweet 16. Um, the Maryland-Connecticut matchup is actually going to be really interesting because Maryland's won a few big games this year and been in some others. So they've got a ton of experience. I'm not sure that Connecticut has the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and Virginia tech also has played really well in Florida still without their best player who collapsed on the floor earlier this year. So I forgot about that. Wow. Yeah. He, I mean, he was, he was preseason sec player of the year. Like he's a real deal. Uh, still out that obviously, okay, but healthy for as, 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 far as we know. So yeah, of the 10 seeds, I think Rutgers has the best shot um, to get to the sweet 16. Nice. Okay. 11 seeds that are in Utah state and Syracuse. And then we will break down the plans. So I was surprised by Utah state getting in. They weren't really supposed to, but they ended up getting in without a play and see a playing game. Syracuse was sweating because of, uh, you know, how they'd been able to play the next game or had they not, had they not lost to Virginia on a buzzer beater um, in the ACC tournament, then I, I really think that Syracuse would have been a little bit higher. Um, but the fact that they got in pretty comfortably, I guess, as an 11 seed without having to play in playing game is really nice for them. San Diego State's good, but certainly not unbeatable. Um, so I think that, I don't think Utah State has a chance to get to Texas Tech. I think that Syracuse probably beats San Diego State. Buddy Bayheim's been playing out of his mind. So I think that, um, you know, can they go on a deep run? Maybe just because of Jim Beheim, And obviously he's been there and done this many years. 
Got you. Uh, so then we have Wichita State and Drake have a plan. Michigan State, UCLA have a plan. Two really, really, really good plans. Um, I think that Wichita State has actually been incredibly impressive because their coach earlier this year, Greg Marshall, got dismissed, I believe, after camp had already started. Um, they end up playing really well um, in the American. Drake also is playing really well this year. I think Wichita State has a pretty good shot. Honestly, if Wichita State beats USC, I think they've got a good shot at being Kansas as well. And then MSU, UCLA, again, two really good coaches with two pretty good programs, um, both of which who had some good wins earlier in the year. Michigan State, the only thing about them is they had the unfortunate privilege of playing in a loaded Big Ten this year. So they haven't really their, – their, their record isn't that great, but I still think um, – that experience in March is huge. So I think that they've got a pretty good shot to, to win their game against BYU. Nice. All right. We got UCSB, Georgetown, Oregon state Winthrop as your 12 seats. Uh, Winthrop has had a crazy good year this year. I think they've only got one or two losses on the year. Um, and then Georgetown, they ran through the big East, which makes me think that they're, poised for a run in March, even though they're only 13 or 12. So yeah, UCSB apparently has been good this year. I haven't got to watch them um, much at all. Um, And then Oregon state was picked to finish last in the PAC 12, uh, but went on a surprisingly good run in the PAC 12 and won the PAC 12 tournament. So I guess you never know. That free ticket always hits nice, doesn't it? Free ticket always hits. Ohio, UNCG, Liberty, and North Texas as the 13 seeds. Yeah, I just don't think any 13 seeds are winning this year. Mm. Okay, that's fair. Who is UNCG? UNC Greensboro. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My bad. But exactly. Sorry. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> uh, East Washington, Albine, Moorhead State, and... Colgate is more. No, it's not a different one. Never mind. Go ahead. Let me know. What's up? Yeah. Um. Again, just the top seeds this year are really, really good. I don't see a fourteen beating a three this year. As much as I'd like to see it, don't really see it happening. Colgate's actually had a really good year. They haven't played many games. I want to say they're fourteen and one. Maybe. Let me check that. They're. Uh, they are really playing a really good year that uh, they have been playing really well this year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, Arkansas is playing too well to, to let up. I think, um, unfortunately, I think, I think the, I think the upsets this year <clears throat> come a little bit later in the bracket than, than earlier. Yeah. Colgate's 14 one. Okay. Well, we're getting to the end here, but I don't think, I think we're going to get a similar response with our 15 seeds. Don't know why I feel that way. Uh, Grand Canyon, Iona, Cleveland State, and Oral Roberts. The only one that I give a shot to is Iona State, against oh. Alabama because Rick Pitino's their coach. Mm. So this makes Rick Pitino, the, I think, the fifth coach to lead five different teams to the NCAA tournament. Um which is a crazy accomplishment, but they were, I believe the nine seed in their conference tournament went on a run, won some games. They're hot with a 
bona fide stud of a coach um, who's been there, done that. So I, I, I won't, I'm not going to pick Iona to beat Alabama, but I think if there is a 15 2 upset, I think that's where it's at is Iona over Alabama. What is I'm rooting for it. All right, 16 C's that are in. We have Drexel and Hartford. Yeah, shout out, shout out the America East with Hartford. Um, but mm. no, they get just absolutely smoked by Baylor. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, and shot. then yeah, Drexel, nice story, but bye, bye. All right, Norfolk State versus Appalachian State. It does not matter. Uh, Mount St. Mary's versus Texas Southern. Does not matter either. Unfortunately, this is not the year of the sixteen of the one. <laughs> As is most years. <laughs> Except I will for the say, one you went to. I will say those are fun to go to. Oh yeah. So which team which team loses by less than twenty? None of them. Less than thirty? No. The one seeds are too good this year. You think the 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 one seeds are about to forty piece all the sixteen? Yeah, forty piece McNugget for sure. Sheesh. Sixteen, you gotta do better. At least make it competitive. <laughs> All right, well, um, without filling out your whole bracket, your gut is saying the final four is who? Final four is Gonzaga. Hold on, hold on. I gotta, I just got to go through. Gonzaga is coming out of the West. That's, that's, I'm going to say. Are you, are you putting the, are you guaranteeing Gonzaga out of the West? I'm guaranteeing Gonzaga okay. out of the West. People filling out your brackets, um, you have a guarantee here. I guarantee Zags come out of the West. Ooh, we'll come back to the East. <laughs> I think that I, I do think Baylor comes out of the South. Do they get the guarantee or no? No, that's not a guarantee. Okay. All right. I'm checking. Illinois comes out of the Midwest. That's a guarantee. You heard it. Back to the east. Yeah. So I'm gonna say a guarantee Gonzaga and Illinois in the in the uh final four. And the, the east is too tough. See, I would say Michigan's a guarantee, but I don't know how they're really gonna play without Isaiah Livers. He's been out pretty recently. If they if he comes back and they're fine, then I think they're they're guaranteed in. If not, then I still think they're in Florida State. Michigan and the Sweet 16 is going to be a really interesting matchup. If Florida State can beat Michigan, then it'll be Florida State. I don't think Texas has what it takes to beat Michigan. I'm still going to put Michigan in the in the East. I'm going to be I'm going to be boring this year and say that it's going to be Gonzaga, Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, all four one seeds. If I if I had to spice things up, if I had to not be boring and not say one seeds, I'm still saying Gonzaga and Illinois. And then I think, um, I guess my fun picks would be Ohio State in the South and Florida State, a four seed in the East. Okay. Um, I think, let. do you want to pick a national champion right now or should yes. we wait as we get closer? Yep. Nope. Gonzaga's going to win the national championship. Who's your fun pick? <laughs> Gonzaga. Okay, got you. No, I'm with it. Illinois. Are you I, are you guaranteeing Gonzaga wins? 
Do they get if a guarantee? You, if you gave me Gonzaga or Baylor or the field, I'm taking Gonzaga Baylor. Okay. My my fun crazy pick would be Illinois, who's what, a one seed, so it's really not that crazy. What, what city should we watch the national championship in? <laughs> Indianapolis, Indiana. All right. I'm with it. I will. I, I, I'll, uh, I should be vaccinated by then. I'm down. Uh, Let's get it. All right. We have anything else pressing? Any NBA news breaking right now? Nope. J- Jimmy Butler won a tip. I saw that. I never need that posted again on SportsCenter. I, he won a tip against Vucevic, and people are like, oh, my God. What can he do? I just I don't know. I, I don't do know what care. he can't do. Like, I just don't know. That's do the care. thing. I don't know. If you know, tell me. But like currently, I don't know. <laughs> um. All right. Well, we'll wrap it there. We appreciate you for tuning in. Happy birthday to Steph Curry. Turned 33 today and got a nice win over the Jazz. Andrew Wiggins had his best game of the season um, and looked like somebody that has a max contract finally. So uh, Warriors are ending and giving me a weekend on a high after they disappointed me on my birthday, but it's okay. Uh, until next time, we are out of here. Let's get to the cowbell. This is the NBA on NBC. The 1998 NBA Finals. Tonight, it's Game 6, the Chicago Bulls versus the Utah Jazz.